In light of Roe v. Wade being overturned, we at Point of Due want to express our commitment to anyone whose body is able to give birth. Whether you are pro-life or pro-choice, you, and only you, deserve the right to decide whether or not you will carry a baby to term. We denounce the idea that anyone should have control over a body that is not their own, and as people who cannot give birth ourselves, we will continue to listen and to follow the lead of the experts, those who can give birth, who also believe in a person's right to their own bodily autonomy. We say this to echo the message of many who are able to give birth all around the country. We hear you and are taking the steps we are called to as allies. Hello class, and welcome to Point of Due Academy. Someone wise once said that you learn something new every day, and in this series, one of us will teach the other about a topic they don't know much about. The teacher of the episode gives a brief lecture to the class, but the student must pay attention because there absolutely will be a quiz at the end. Today's lesson, conspiracy theories. Grab your backpacks, marble notebooks, and don't forget to give your teacher a piece of fruit because class is in session. No, it's not. Just kidding. Mr. Do, I have to go to the bathroom. I'm kidding, I don't. <laughs> how are you? How are you? Can you imagine if I walked into class and I was like, hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? Happy 4th of July. Happy 4th of yeah. <laughs> <Kind> of, <laughs> um, yeah. It is 4th of July? It. Is that better? <laughs> yeah, well, I said it. I said it just out of habit, and then I was like, oh, there's a lot we shouldn't be celebrating right it, now. It is 4th of July, I guess. Mm. And on this day that celebrates america we are doing in uh, the the i guess the independence of america not necessarily celebrates america but i guess the day is supposedly the day that we declared independence and became our own nation but um we decided to do an academy episode on conspiracy theories how american is that i was gonna say it's what we do best it's what we do best <laughs> but le legitimately though you and i were talking about What's something we could do because we knew that an episode was going to fall on the July 4th and we were like, should we talk about, and, and we wanted to do an Academy episode and we were like, should we talk about the government and how it's supposed to work? No, Oops. boring, okay. yawn. Should we talk about, um, I don't know, like d democracy and like when the, it's, it's foundations in, in, in classical Greek history, civilizations? No, yawn, boring. And we were both like, let's do, <laughs> let's do conspiracy theories. Let's lie like no other. Just let's kidding. <laughs> the thing is, we're not going to be spreading conspiracy. I mean, right, let's, just, exactly. let's, just, let's just get this out of the way and disclaim this, that anything that you hear, especially when I get to my case example, is not real. Is not real. Basically, I'm going to give a case example of the birds are not real 
conspiracy theory, which is a conspiracy theory that does is not true, is not based in fact, although it might seem like it is, it is not based in fact, I want to emphasize it's not based in fact, that birds in this country don't exist and are not actually real. Allow me to give an example. The last election was stolen. Perfect. That's a conspiracy theory. Thank There's you. no Thank facts that exactly. back that up. In Thank fact, you. recently, there has been... Anyway, let's not get political. Facts that don't back it up. There are facts <laughs> that don't back it up. Yes, exactly. So let's not get let's political. Get but anyway, what'd you say? Let's get on to the fun conspiracy theories that actually aren't true, just like that last one. <laughs> yeah, so... Today I want to talk a little bit. I actually took a class in conspiracy theories while I st when I started abroad uh, cool. in fall of 2019. And so this episode is going to be brief, but it is going to include some of the things I learned in that class as well as as I mentioned already a, ca a case study or I guess a paper or like I don't know, well you're going to use the the birds aren't real conspiracy theory as a case study for why this isn't real and i'm going to give you some tips too about how to figure out if something is kind of erring on the side of conspiracy theory versus something that might be true does that sound good yeah i thought you were just going to teach me about different conspiracy theories that's i mean i know that's part of it but that's cool too I no like yeah i'm not i mean so i didn't feel like i'm not i'm not gonna lie i didn't feel like going down the rabbit hole of like oh this one believes this oh my gosh this one believes this i can't believe people believe it like you know so i just decided to give you a little bit of a curriculum a little bit of taste and then do the birds aren't real we okay love not being real yeah you're, you know and then a quiz of course at the end uh, and then a quiz of course so take some notes all right. Well, I'm taking some notes. See, I have a pen. Okay. Good. My phone, usually I take notes on my phone, and my phone is in here because I just heard it buzz, but <laughs> I'm a little dense. Do you want to look for it? No. I'm going to write notes. Okay. They say writing notes is more effective anyways than typing. Okay. Um, Specifically with a blue pen. Yes. So, shall we get started? Let's do it. Okay, let's do it. So I'm going to start off with uh, defining different types of conspiracy theories that exist. So this comes from Michael Barkham. He is a uh, clinical psychologist or professor of clinical psychology at the University of Sheffield in the UK. And hey, he, studied, uh, he studies conspiracy theories or has studied conspiracy theories in the past. And he decided to define them. So we're going to define them. The different types of conspiracies that exist are, there are three of them. There's event theories. Event theories are responsible for a limited, discrete event or series of events with a limited, well-defined goal. An example of an event theory conspiracy theory is the JFK assassination. Uh, sometime, for those who don't know, some people think that the JFK assassination wasn't just the lone gunman, which has been proven that it was a lone gunman who assassinated uh, John F. Kennedy. But some people believe it was a, a deeper thing. The CIA might have done it. Um, there was a multiple gunman that then disappeared into the sewer lines. Uh, that, that, is not, that is not the case. But these conspiracy theories are considered event theories because they are responsible for limited discrete events or quote-unquote explanations for how just one specific event occurred or may not have occurred. Another example of this is conspiracy theories about the moon landing. Some people don't think that we've actually been to the moon. We, as in the human race, has actually been to the moon because 
it's only like there's like only it's only happened once and uh the flag should not have been waving as the way that it did or just all these different types of things um why was the lighting so good why are there different camera angles this is what people say with the moon landing conspiracy theory and that conspiracy theory is considered an event theory because it's just around one event it looks like you have a question no, it just popped in my head because honestly, both of the examples you just gave were touched upon in, Rachel, if you're listening, you'll know this too, um, American Horror Story Season 10, which was the most recent season. So it's funny that those were the two that you mentioned. Yes. Um, they were both I, touched. I haven't watched American Horror Story. What was the theme of this year? Was it called? It was, it was called Double Feature. There were two, the theme was having two stories. They didn't, it was kind of stupid. They didn't connect at all. But okay. anyways, the second one was like, aliens and the moon landing and okay you know. sure all right yeah. well that's interesting that i chose those two yes that's funny the second type of conspiracy theories according to michael barkham is systemic theories these are broad goals such as taking over a country a region or the entire world where a single evil group uh, oftentimes is trying to infiltrate or subvert existing institutions uh, some examples from the past are this is what the Nazis used to propagate, um, you know, the, or, or I guess explain their, um, the Holocaust, uh, that they said Jewish people were trying to take over Germany, trying to take over Europe. This is not true. Um, another example, fun uh, kind of for us, Nick, is the Jesuits. The Jesuits are supposedly, since they were into uh, education, um, they are into education. Um, supposedly are this evil group that was trying to take over the world uh that is not true and that is not me being brainwashed because i went to a jesuit institution that is it's proven not true and a more <laughs> modern day example is uh QAnon and the conspiracy theories that QAnon kind of spreads uh you know saying that oh the deep state is trying to take over you know our country and you know nancy pelosi and the democrats are trying to do this that that's that's not true. So th again, systemic theories is this category. And again, broad goals such as taking over a country, a region, or the entire world. And oftentimes they have a single evil, quote unquote, group that infiltrates or is trying to subvert existing institutions. The last example is kind of the most extreme. These point are called, yeah, point of, we're trying to, yeah. Uh, these are called super conspiracy theories. Mm. These consist of multiple conspiracies that are believed to be linked together hierarchically, and they consist of events and systemic conspiracy theories all joined all join together in complex ways. So when I get to the birds aren't real conspiracy theory, you'll quickly realize that this is a, a super conspiracy theory because it's just so outlandish, but it's connecting other um, event conspiracy theories and systemic conspiracy theories um together and to make this bigger one that birds aren't real for this reason and so yeah so that one is super conspiracy theories now before i move on i decided i wanted to include this piece uh this next piece of the show because you and i always joke pseudoscience with point of view yeah so so pseudoscience is actually a category of conspiracy theories it's not one of michael barkham's types but it's a category of conspiracy theories because what is pseudoscience? It's, you know, 
<laughs> it's, it's basically they claim to use the scientific method or actually really they do use the scientific method, but they don't refine or alter or expand or reject the hypothesis that they um, are, are perpetuating, right? So it's, it's, it's basically kind of you've, you have this idea. It's a good hypothesis, maybe uh, backed by observations. And you go through the whole scientific method, except you don't say you know, you don't refine it or alter it or expand on or reject it. It's just kind of it is. So um, I'm going to list a lot of facts about pseudoscience. And Nick, I want you to pay atten close attention to them because this may or may not be one of the questions. So okay. here are some facts to kind of help our listeners and help you determine if pseudoscience, if, if what you're hearing is pseudoscience. Okay. Pseudoscience often begins with a hypothesis, usually one which is appealing emotionally and spectacularly implausible, and then looks only for items which appear to support it. To differentiate, normal science looks at all of the items which, no matter what, whether it supports it or rejects the hypothesis. Pseudoscience is indifferent to criteria of valid evidence, so it might you know say oh that it might it won't say oh that's not true it won't say oh that oh that's a fair point it will just show indifference pseudoscience also relies heavily on subjective validation so for example if someone says that honey uh cures their headaches honey on their head cures their headaches and then keeps telling everyone that honey on their head cures cures their headaches that's based on that one person's subjective experience, but was it put through the whole test of, you know, did that happen for a lot of people? Well, probably not. Pseudoscience depends on arbitrary conventions of human culture rather than on unchanging regularities of nature. Pseudoscience always achieves a reduction to absurdity if it's pursued far enough. So basically, if you follow follow a claim that is pseudoscience all the way, like keep going, keep going, keep going, it eventually will reach absurdity. Pseudoscience always avoids putting its claims to a meaningful test. So if someone says, oh, can we prove this by doing this? Oftentimes we'll be, nope, nope, we can't because it's already been proven or because of that, you know, whatever the excuse is. Pseudoscience often contradicts itself, even if it's own in its own terms. It deliberately creates mystery where none exists by omitting crucial information and important details. This kind of goes along with, um, you know, an indifference to criteria of valid evidence. Pseudoscience does not progress. Pseudoscience attempts to persuade with rhetoric, propaganda, and misrepresentation rather than valid evidence. It argues from ignorance, which is an elementary fallacy. Um, it argues from alleged exemption, errors, anomalies, uh, strange events, and suspect claims, rather than from well-established uh, regularities of nature, as I said before. Pseudoscience appe uh, appeals to false authority, <coughs> excuse me, to emotion, to sentiment, or distrust of established facts. For example, this is a reason why... Um, sometimes the conspiracy theory that the covid vaccine had a, a, a tracking chip in it distrust of an established fact that uh, so, something a valid a valid concern is that we got to the 
um, the vaccine for COVID-19 very quickly. Um, there's been research proven and it's published, it's public for people to see that it is safe. The research has been done. Vaccines for COVID-19 are safe. Um, but there was a concern there. And so this conspiracy theory about, you know, there's a chip in the in the vaccine. That's that was fertile fertile ground for that one to spread. I feel validated right there because I always say that um, people who believe that stuff are easily impressionable. So yeah, yeah, you've said that <laughs> well, on the show before. I've said that multiple times. So that kind of it's pseudoscience. Yeah, <laughs> not what uh, I said. Right. Um, per, uh, perpetuators or perpetrators of pseudoscience invent oftentimes invent their own jargon invent their own language in which many terms uh, lack precise or unambiguous definitions and some have no definitions at all so um, if there's a word that you haven't heard before make sure it's a definite it's an actual definition um, has an actual definition and then last few pseudoscience appeals to the truth criteria of scientific methodology while simultaneously denying their validity pseudoscientific explanations tend to be by scenario so it's like but in this case this is what happened and not like generally this is what happened they'll usually cite specific scenarios which again only back up what they're trying to claim not in the general truth and then pseudoscientists often appeal to the ancient human habit of magical thinking so creativity you'll find that a lot of conspiracy theories are very creative um so that's interesting because the definition of magical thinking in the OCD community, I did not mean to just start teaching. I'm that annoying kid that starts like teaching, you know, that raises their hand. <laughs> raising their hand starts teaching the teacher. If you think something, it'll come true. But, huh. I didn't realize that magical thinking was like a term used in the OCD community. It is, but it's not like a real, like it's a false thing. Sure. Okay. It's like people that think like, oh, if I think the light's going to fall on me, it's more likely to. Which is oh, not interesting. Real. Yeah, and that's why they call it magical thinking. But right, um, that's interesting to hear that word. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, th those are just some some facts about pseudoscience. Now, Michael Shermer, and again, all of my citations will be in um, in the description of the episode. He's a New York Times bestselling author. He wrote has written a lot about uh, conspiracy theories. He's written for Scientific America. He's um, a very well-known um, author. He has what's called, and of course, I have to give all of his credentials first before I tell him you what he has written about. It's called the Baloney Detection Kit, which is basically how do you draw boundaries between science and pseudoscience, right? And so he he came up with five important questions to ask yourself in order to figure out if something is maybe that's factual or me i don't know if that's really that true so all right let's hear them <laughs> yeah here are the five number one how reliable is the source of the claim well that seems very simple right like how i feel like you're taught that in like middle school or elementary school when you have your you go like your class goes to the library and you have you know the lecture from the librarian about like plagiarism and uh, you know primary sources and secondary sources how reliable is the source pseudoscientists often appear quite reliable but when examined closely the facts and figures they cite are distorted taken out of context or occasionally even fabricated 
Of course, everyone makes some mistakes. And as um, a historian of science, Daniel Kevels, I'll say Kevels, showed so effectively in the book, uh, The Baltimore Affair, it can be hard to detect a fraudulent signal within the background noise of sloppiness that is a normal part of the scientific process. The question is, do the data and the interpretations of science show signs of intentional distortion? Intentional distortion. When That's it's important, huh? That's number two. No, not yet. Um, I'm okay. still talking about number one. Uh, okay. When an independent committee established to investigate potential fraud scrutinized a set of research notes in Nobel laureate uh, David Baltimore's lab, it revealed a surprising number of mistakes. However. Baltimore was exonerated because his lab's mistakes were completely random and non-directional. So there was no there was no intent as investigated by the independent committee. So again, how reliable is the source of the claim? Okay. Number 2. Does the source often make similar claims? So pseudoscientists have a habit of going well beyond the facts, right? For instance, flood geologists, which are creationists who believe that Noah's flood can account for many of the Earth's geological formations, consistently make outrageous claims that bear no relation to geological science. So, sorry, what'd you say? I say it's a good thing we don't rely on the Bible to dictate how we live our lives today. <laughs> H. Uh, <laughs> Um, it's so relevant. So again, does this source often make similar claims? Now this might get weird because it's like, okay, you know, in today's news media, like, is is does this network have an agenda? Does this network have an agenda? Does this source have an agenda? This source have an agenda? I don't know if I said this horse. I have an I agenda. This source have an agenda. Okay, whatever. But do the sources often make similar claims? It's a question to ask yourself. Oftentimes, scientific communities might make a similar claim, but we'll have it backed up by the research that they've done. But yeah, other times pseudoscientists don't have that. So pseudoscience does not have it. Number three, have the claims been verified by another source? Typically, pseudoscientists make statements that are unverified or verified only by a source within their own belief circle. We've talked about on the show before, um, Oh, I'm forgetting the term. Echo chamber. Echo, echo chamber. chamber. Echo chamber. God, I'm. You're so smart. I really don't. Um. um <laughs> yeah. So I've talked about it before on the show that being on an echo in an echo your own echo chamber can be that can be dangerous, right? So having has the claim been verified by another source? We must ask who is checking the claims and even who is checking the checkers. The biggest problem with, uh, you know, conspiracy theories often is, oh, it's, it's been verified by members of the same belief circle. And, you know, how, how trustworthy can that be? Number four, how does the claim fit with what we know about how the world works? And a good example of this is uh, when people claim that the Egyptian pyramids and the Sphinx were built more than 10,000 years ago by an unknown advanced race, they are not presenting any context for that earlier civilization. Where are the rest of the artifacts of those people? Where are their, where are their other works of art? Are their weapons or their clothes or their tools or their trash even? Archaeology not simply does not operate this way, right? So if, you know, does this, does this claim fit with what we know about truly how the world works 
then that's a good way to kind of decide is it is it true is it not really true finally number five has anyone gone out of their way to disprove the claim or has as only supportive evidence been sought this is the confirmation bias or the tendency to seek confirmatory evidence and to reject or ignore disconfirmatory evidence. The confirmation bias is powerful, pervasive, and almost impossible for any of us to avoid. It is why the methods of science that emphasize checking and rechecking and verification and replication and especially attempts to falsify a claim are so critical. So basically what that's saying, right, is you want to make sure that something just isn't only supported. Because if someone has tried to go out of their way to disprove it and hasn't been able to, then okay, fine, fair enough, that's true. But if it's only been supported um, and there hasn't been any criticism towards it, then like within a group or whatever, then you know that's another reason to raise eyebrows. I don't know if I agree with him there. I mean, I, I do and I don't. I see exactly, I, no, I see what he's saying, but at the same time, if I were like, the sky is blue, most people aren't going to like argue that it looks blue, but I'm sure someone has. I don't know. I, I, maybe he's smarter well, than me. Well, I guess in that situation, right, you, you would say, okay, someone try and prove me wrong that it's not blue. And then if they do, and then they can't, it's like, okay, then that's, it's not right. just your own bias that, like, I think it's right, so therefore it is. I think therefore I am right. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, so with that, let's go into that case study that I was talking about. So, birds aren't real is a conspiracy theory which some people actually believe. Many people have shirts and merch from it because they think it's a joke, but some people believe it. And so, take a listen to this. And think about how this is considered a super conspiracy theory, as we talked about, right? It's, it's event conspiracies and uh, systemic conspiracy theories all connected together to make this broader conspiracy theory. So birds aren't real. And this is all from birdsaren'treal.com. So you know it's a trust, trustworthy source. According to birdsaren'treal.com, the official website for the conspiracy theory that birds are extinct a movement began in 1975 that aimed to expose a government-caused mass extinction. The catalyst was a man known simply as the Master. The Master claimed that Project Operation Water the Country, which was the code name for a plan to exterminate all bird species in the United States and replace them with surveillance robots that would resemble birds in every way, shape, or form, um, was something that was vital and important to the United States at the time. In 1953, Alan Dulles was made the director of the CIA, and amidst the Red Scare, which you uh, history buffs won't remember as the fear of communism sweeping through the United States, uh, wanted to put surveillance cameras in the sky. Again, Alan Dulles was made the director of the CIA and wanted to put surveillance cameras in the sky. Did he actually want to do that? This is this is according to the website. So I really okay. don't okay. know how if that's true or not, but this is what the website says. Yeah. Um, under the approval of President Eisenhower, Dulles supervised the production of 120 B-52B bombers 
at Area 51 that would be used to target flocks of birds and rain down a bird poison that would release a deadly contagious virus, killing and destroying the corpse of any bird it encountered, dead or alive. In Area 51, it's, I see how it's hierarchical. How do you say it? Hierarchical? Hierarchical. Hier yeah. That word. That's, so, that's way too... It's very bad. difficult to say, yes. And it's funny that you say that because that was another conspiracy theory dealt with on Season and, 10 of... And AHS, yeah. Maybe next episode you should teach us about AHS. <laughs> Wait, that's not a bad idea because it's an anthology. Yeah. Anyway, so these nightly killings began on June 2nd, 1959, and in the next six years, 15% of the bird population in the United States was wiped out. When John F. Kennedy became president in 1961, he had no knowledge of Project Water the Country. The CIA had planned an operation planned on operating alone with this project but kennedy intercepted a call between dulles and alvin b cleaver the internal communications director for the cia after intercepting this call he demanded to be informed he was shown a prototype of the turkey x500 a robot designed to kill birds of prey such as hawks and eagles on october 25th 1963 but instead he terminated the operation Allegedly, Kennedy's disapproval of Dulles's work is what led to his assassination on November 22nd, 1963. Yeah. As we all know. Yeah, exactly. Again, this is not true. Since how, Kennedy how believe this. Yes. So, since <laughs> since Kennedy, the CIA has rigged every presidential election to date to promote anti-bird advocacy and pro-citizen surveillance. Wait, who is who has rigged it? The CIA. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I, I noticed. I noticed you've switched to a legal pad. Not no longer taking notes on your iPad. Yeah. <laughs> no, shred these afterwards because my. Shred these. If anybody finds them, they're gonna be like, "Oh, he's a little uh, out there." Because <laughs> I just have the birds were yeah. banned by, or, yeah. <laughs> by the CIA. Yeah. They're like, "Oh." Maybe they shouldn't have let him out of the hospital. No. Yeah. <laughs> so again, so since Kennedy, the CIA has rigged every presidential election to date to promote anti-bird advocacy and pro-citizen surveillance. Robots are currently being built in government fallout shelters that were intended for the use during the threat of nuclear war during the Cold War. This includes underneath the Denver airport, which by... Yes. At, by coincidence, also has conspiracy theories about it. The material, the material of the robot birds is known as bauxite. Is that a made-up word? I it sounds like it. I've never heard of it, but anyway, bauxite. Even... Coincidentally, Vietnam was abundant in this metal, and the CIA's demand for it was high during the same years as the Vietnam War. In 2019. And during the Trump presidency, Trump continued Dulles's mission by building a wall at the southern border that oh will God. continue that will contain bird tracking weapons that will emit microwaves at any bird attempting to cross into the country. Now, you may see birds in the United States, if you live in the United States, um, still in the sky. What are these birds? Well, these birds are actually government robots with surveillance cameras in them so that the government has eyes and ears 
on every area of the United States where birds supposedly can exist. This also can explain why birds might exist in areas that you wouldn't think birds could live, such as extreme cold areas and, yeah, I guess extreme hot, no, but whatever. The CIA was anti-bird, right? The CIA was anti-bird and wanted to replace all of the living birds with robotic birds with surveillance that had surveillance. Okay. 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 That makes more sense in the context of the, like, it does not make sense, but you know what I mean? Like that, I filled in the holes to their story. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So clearly this alleged conspiracy theory is more fantasy than reality. And using Michael Shermer's baloney detection git can be proved that the claim made by the quote unquote master is false the source is not reliable the website seems to be the only source on the topic by no means does it fit with how the world works and most importantly there is no positive evidence to support this claim whatsoever although i'm sure people could find it yeah so that's all i have to present today uh do you have any questions uh about conspiracy theories about birds aren't real and uh kind of what I, i i feel like i gave you a lot but what we have here i do can we take away free thoughts Um, (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) just something just something we could you know yeah in a future episode yeah sure sure (laughs) i'm kidding all right i'm ready to get at least a b on this quiz (laughs) okay okay so i got four questions for you four questions and here we go okay name a type of conspiracy theory according to michael barkham Okay. A super conspiracy theory. Okay. And what is it? It is, it contains multiple events. It is like the most absurd, usually, but not always. And it, they're linked hierarchically. Yes. Um, yes. Perfect. Good. Bottom. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, name a tool in the Michael Shermer baloney detection kit. Um, oh, allow me. Um, oh, I almost allowed me to knock my water onto Jordan's iPad. Um, she would have killed me. Um, how reliable is the source of this claim? Yeah. The first yeah. step, or the first tool. Perfect. Um, third question. Uh, you're two for two so far. Name at least three facts presented about pseudoscience. All right, here we go here. This is where I start to lose it. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Uh, let's see here. 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 Okay. Oh, the hypothesis appeals to emotion and looks only for items to support it, mm-hmm. and not to kind try and um, debunk it. Um, it's indifferent to um, the criteria of valid evidence. I don't know what the hell that means, so I'll give you another one. Um, it, That's, that is one of them. Yeah. Okay. Well, it often relies on subjective. I just said subjective. Weird. I said subjective. Uh, validation um meaning like for example like oh that's one person's experience um and then uh what was the other one oh it depends on arbitrary um conventions of human culture and not um like universal trends or like larger trends that we see larger trends or the uh, the way that that other one was unchanging regularities of nature yeah Conventions of human culture versus unchanging regularities of nature. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Did I get that one? Do I get like half a point? No, you get, yeah, you get the full point. Yeah. Uh, wow. Three for okay. three. Anyways. <laughs> and then Thanks. the last question. 
He has a three. He has a four point five on rate my professor. Me? Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> fives and are fake. Conspiracy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, number four. What was the name of the operation to remove all the birds from the sky? Um, hold on, hold on. I I have that. I have it. I have it. I have it. See, this is why. Oh, this was. I don't understand why, but water the country. Yeah, so it was called Water the Country, and maybe I could have explained this more, but it was called Water the Country because uh, the the drones and uh, rained down the poison on the me, bird, the bird killing poison, okay, um, every night. Um, but so I forgot to say this part, but the the justification in case people saw the drones were one, they're UFOs, OMG, or two. It's part of the government-wide irrigation project. So Operation Water the Country. Yes. Yeah. Makes sense. Yes, of course. Bring so, on me. <laughs> so congratulations. Do you feel smarter Woo! or do you feel dumber? Mm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's the question. Yes. No, that was really good, and it was a fun one. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, look at me getting an A in Mr. Dew's class. I didn't even get 100% on yours. You got a 90, but that was still, there were five questions, not four. And so technically, both times I've gotten four questions right and you've gotten four questions right. Just saying. Okay. All right. Fine. Fair enough. Yeah. I like that. Apples to apples. Yeah. Great board game. Yes. Um, anyway, with that, my name is Justin Dew. And I'm Nick Gervasi. And you can reach us at our email, pointofviewpodcast at gmail.com or by sending us a voice message on our website, anchor.fm forward slash pointofview. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at pointofviewpodcast and Twitter at pointofview. If you enjoy our show, give us a rating or review in the Apple Podcast Store or share us with a friend or family member. We'd really appreciate it and are truly grateful for your support. As always, we hope you have a great week. Thank you for listening and until next time. Everything you heard today was a conspiracy theory. We were lying. JK, okay, bye. Yeah.